This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. In this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with Richard Barrett about Binary Systems, an album he released in 2021. Each of the five tracks features a recorded contribution by an improvising musician, which serves as the principal material for a fixed media electronic realisation by Richard. In this episode, you'll hear two extracts from the track Eva, which Richard made with the cellist Ivana Grahovats. And at the end, you'll hear the complete recording of Nephilim, which features percussionist Lei Kuan Nin. In our chat, Richard speaks about the ideas behind the project, the way he used software in making the pieces, and his interest in mixing the methods of improvisation and composition. My name is Richard Barrett. I'm originally from Wales. Um, I'm currently resident in Belgrade and um, commuting back and forth somewhat to The Hague where I have a teaching position. And um, yes, sometimes I wonder what, what I should describe myself as, but I think the, I think the term creative musician covers everything that, that I do because some of it involves um, writing music for people to read and other involves making um, electronic music in the computer or um, improvising to... Um, together with others or solo. That was Izar, um, a composition which was made with um, improvised cello recordings by the Serbian cellist Ivana Krahovac. Um, and like all five tracks on the Binary Systems album, um, it arises from um, a request that I put out to um, a number of different musicians um, chosen for their um, creativity and also their complementarity um, to provide me with recordings of um, solo improvisation. Um, I initially made the stipulation that it should be between 10 and 20 minutes long, although some people went way beyond that and some people stayed within it, um, with, with no other instructions at all, to form the basis of a set of fixed media compositions um, which would result from whatever work I decided then to do with the, with those recordings. The material that I received from Ivana for Izar um, consisted of um, very largely rather overtone-based um, music where um, the lower string of the cello was detuned quite a lot. 
Um, and as I had been expecting from her, having worked with her on a, a number of um, projects, both compositional, I mean, both both in terms of um, written compositions of mine and in improvisational contexts, there was a, a certain kind of melodic aspect to the to the material, but it was also very clearly based on overtones, harmonics, multiphonics, um, drone-like developments of cello sound and so forth. And all of those aspects then were taken into the um, composition. So um, the way that it divides into um, different areas, for instance, depends to a large degree on moving from one kind of um, harmonic field to another. And so if there is a fundamental and some overtones on it being provided by the cello, um, what I was doing with the synthetic sounds was very often to um, make that uh, complex play of overtones even more complex and make it more mobile. So at the beginning, for instance, you have um, a very continuous cello sound, which has what sounds like um, high violins playing descending glissandi a long way above it. Those are not actually violins, those are synthetic sounds. But it was something that was suggested by the situation that um, the cello is multiplied into a, a kind of orchestra, and other instruments join it from time to time. But the other instruments are not not real ones, they're virtual instruments. At the end, we'll be hearing the whole of um, one of the tracks from the album, which is called Nephilim. And um, this is a duo with the French percussionist Le Quan Nin. And um, Nin is somebody that, uh, again, is active in performing both um, pre-composed and improvised music. And I had the opportunity back in 2009 to play a duo with him in a festival in Germany, which was um, yeah, one of the high points of my activity as an improvising performer. I had always been looking forward to some opportunity to working with him again. The instrument that he plays is maybe worth describing. He has a horizontal orchestral bass drum, and on that bass drum he places a wide variety of objects which are not just used to strike the drum, but also to scrape it and also to scrape each other. So there might be um, drumsticks, there might be cymbals of various kinds, there might be pine cones, um, and many different objects which resonate through the skin and the, and the body of the bass drum. So um, something that was a little bit different from this track 
between this track and, and the other tracks on the album is that the materials that I received from Nin, um, because they come from this instrument, were much more um, centered on noise than on pitch. So in the cello piece, you hear that uh, it's a very clearly pitched instrument which is playing, and that um, pitched aspect of it is expanded um, in in the composition that I made out of it. Um, whereas in the case of the percussion material from Nin, I had the idea of not so much making it a piece about noise, but to create pitched material which would be in counterpoint with the noise that his instrument produces. And to do that then, I was um, using again... Um, a lot of synthetic materials and also materials which derive from some um, <clears throat> some digital piano recordings, um, which in turn derive from another composition that I'd been working on the, the previous year. When I came to compose my contribution to this piece, it was the last one um, to be composed and also the last one on the album. So there was a huge amount of material that had been collected for the previous tracks in the album and not used. And so that influenced the way that the um, the composition was put together because I had, in the end, about 350 different sound objects, um, some of which were a fraction of a second long and some of them were more than two minutes long. So I wanted these to form the basis of the, um, of the composition. So looking at some of the longer ones, um, my first experiments were concerned with placing these on top of one another to create um, multi-layered textures with some percussion uh, material and other other material which was added to it as a different layer. And then um, for all of the shorter um, sound objects, um, I was more concerned to make a kind of um, collage out of them. So we're constantly moving between this collage and the more extended um, more layered textures. So that's what the form of the piece consists of, really. The the way that all of this material was put together was using the um, Reaper, DAW, which is used by thousands of people around the world, I dare say. And um, again, in order to um, make the process as spontaneous as possible, what I would do is um, set up a number of tracks with for example, different degrees of reverberation on them. And then when I pulled my sound fragments out of the random order, they could also be placed randomly in at different distances from the listener. And that was all set up in advance. So that, um, yeah, basically I, I have this environment to work in, which is provided by the DAW, which I then um, am able to um, work in as quickly and as spontaneously as possible. Now maybe a few words about the synthetic sounds. Um, most of the sounds on the album, most of the synthetic sounds on the album were produced using various kinds of digital emulations of analog synthesizers. And um, the one that I used most was um, a digital simulation of the ARP 2600. And one thing that I found particularly interesting about about this synthesizer, both in real life and um, in its digital version, is the tendency that it has to um, drift very slowly from the situation that you set it up in, which 
um, originally, I suppose, is a, is a product of slight instabilities in the, in the circuitry. So that if you set up a particular patch and let it run for five or ten minutes, it might end up doing something quite different from what it was doing at the start. So these long, slow evolutions of sound, I would typically then apply a granulation procedure to, so that the gradual um, change from one timbre to another in the original material becomes something which is much more discontinuous. One reaction that I had um, recently to the album actually was somebody comparing it to the way that improvisations were restructured um, going back to um, the Miles Davis album Bitches Brew in 1969 I think. And I hadn't made that connection myself but, but certainly um, the relationship between um, between improvisation and studio work that you get in um, some of Miles's albums, such as On the Corner being the most extreme example, I suppose, is something which has been in my head all of this time. So um, I'm, I think the, um, the conclusion that I draw from that is that, as we can see from various other directions as well, um, improvisation should be seen as a method of composition and one which can be mixed together in various different ways with others. Some of the things that the French musique concrète composers like François Bell were doing at the same time sometimes with improvising musicians. Under the skin there's a link between those things um, which I think if, if this music exists in any kind of tradition then that's the tradition that it, um, that it sits in.